Hi, my name is Jenny Donnelly, and this is Shauna Danberg, and this is the Don't Mess With Our Kids podcast. There are women from teenagers all the way up to grandmothers, and especially the mama bears, that are saying enough is enough because the attack on our kids has gone way too far. In fact, there's a grassroots movement called Don't Mess With Our Kids that is uprising in America. And that's why you're listening today, because we want you to be a part of this incredible movement to turn America back to God. One of the ways you can engage is to share this podcast. Make sure that you subscribe so that you can get notifications as we put out new episodes. Also, on your calendar, mark off April 13th, 2024, where you can stand in your state capitol and pray with other people in your state to see things change. Amen. And then we're going to launch into the fall of 2024, where we're calling 1 million women and their families to pray, to fast, and to stand in Washington, D.C. And last but not least, you are here today for this podcast. The purpose is to make you aware and also to become educated about what's really going on. I can't right. wait for everybody to hear our yeah. guest today. And we're going to pray together, and we're also going to give action steps so that we can see America turn back to God. And we believe that you're a part of it, and this is your movement. So today, I'm super excited. Not only is he a dear friend of ours, but also a physician and a pastor. We have Dr. Manny Espinoza on today, and I'm going to share his bio before we bring him on here. He is husband to a dear friend of ours, Dr. Erica, also a physician and a father of three incredible children. He attended the University of Colorado Medical School. He does residency in urology and does urologic surgery. Did I say that right, Dr. Manny? I don't know if I did. At UTMB in Galveston and co-founder and pastor of Collective RGV Church. We love the collective. And he's co-founder of Renovera Medical Wellness and Aesthetic Spa. I love this family. These guys are the real deal. And we're going to bring him on here today. Thank you so much, Dr. Manny. Dr. Pastor Manny is what my husband and I like to call him, the Dr. Pastor Manny. Um, but really, truly, you are a son of God and you are so dearly loved. We're so excited to have you on here. We wanted a medical expert to come in to our conversations as we're mm -hmm. talking about the craziness right. of our children wanting to change their bodies yeah. and um, really standing in the gap to see this whole thing turned around. So we're so happy you're here today. Thank you. Yeah. And I well, think- Pastor Jenny, it's so good. Thank you so much for having me on. And Shauna, um, it's my pleasure, my honor to be on. And I'm really excited to see what, what God has on the agenda for us. I've got some good information. And I hope yeah. that this information just really opens up the eyes not only of the people that see this, but they pass it on to those, even if you're not a parent, that you'd pass it on to your friends and family that do have children. And I think there's some good information that's going to be um, sent out there and and by by what we're talking about today. Absolutely. Yeah. We, we cannot wait, literally, until you dive into all of that. But before we do, we... You have such an incredible story, Dr. Manny, and Jenny and I both know you. And so we sort of feel like we don't want to skip that step. We want our audience to know a little bit about who you are, what you're about. Have you known Jesus your whole life or how did you come to know the Lord? Like what's been your, what, tell us a little bit about that part of your story. Yeah. So mine is pretty interesting. Um, growing up, I grew up as a Jehovah's witness and going to the meetings and, you know, being, going with my family. Um, but early on, I understood and knew that that wasn't for me. 
Um, and, you know, it's very difficult to say, well, as a child, how did you know? And at the time, I could just really voice and, and say, I knew something inside would tell me this isn't entirely the truth. This isn't what I need to do. There's something more out there. And so as I progressed, um, you know, growing up, I honored my mother, my father, and I would go. But I, I had an encounter with God at age eight. And I remember it distinctly. And this will come up later in life that I didn't even realize, which is I heard a prophetic word. I heard the audible voice of God when I was playing by myself out in the backyard. And I heard the word say, you will live to be 100 and you will not taste death. I'm eight years old. I don't even know Jesus. I know of Jesus because of through, you know, through the Jehovah's Witness, but I don't have a relationship with him. Wow. And I thought it was my father. And so I went back inside and I said, dad, did you, did you talk to me? Did you say something? He said, no, it wasn't me. So I went back and played. And at that moment, I knew in my heart's heart that God had talked to me. And I would repeat this all the time. And people would look at me like I'm crazy that I would say, I'm going to live to be 100. I'm going to live to be 100. And I said that throughout. And I just began to proclaim that because though my mind couldn't register it, my heart did. And I think that's a word for somebody. Sometimes you have to have the heart and the mind catch up with the heart to say, okay, this is what I really feel. At that point, I didn't have to understand it in my mind because I already had it set in my heart. And I believe that that was because God had spoken to me. The Holy Spirit had spoken to me in such a major way. So in 2000 is really when I met Jesus and gave my life to Jesus, but I didn't have lordship. I had the savior part. I was saved. I gave my life to Jesus, but I was still running around uh, just doing all the goofy things a lot of us do, knowing Jesus is my savior, but he wasn't lordship until 2015. And in 2015, my wife and I, we went through just a tremendous you know, ordeal. And it was at that point, I was so broken. Everything that I had tried to fill in where Jesus was supposed to be, I try to fill in what the world says, which is yeah. success is money, status, it's everything else. And all it got me was brokenness, getting ready to lose my family and everything that I had worked hard towards. And let me tell you, the best place to be is to be broken to the point where you know you can't fix yourself and no one else can. And so at that moment, I knew I gave my life to Jesus once again. But at that point and since then, it's Lordship. I just say, yes, Jesus, because I know his way is the best. I tried my way. It got me sin, death, and every and destruction. His way gives me life, abundance, peace, joy. All the fruit of the spirit comes upon you. And at that point, it just changed the trajectory of my life. And it has been absolutely amazing. Even practicing medicine has just completely changed. When you're under the authority and the lordship of Jesus, the favor that comes upon you is so tremendous to the point where others understand there's a favor, there's a call, and there's a grace upon your life. And it is a great opportunity for you to be able to speak who Jesus is. And it's not something you have to pound them with. It's not something, lots of times I don't even bring it up, but they ask me, how do you do this? How, how, how is it that you're always so joyful? That's the opportunity that allows you to be able to speak Jesus. And in this day and age, it's super important because everybody's looking, it's so chaotic. Everybody's looking for peace and hope. And we have that. Mm -hmm. There's one of my favorite stories that you tell, and I think you were just about to bring it I up. Was. I was going <laughs> to testify to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you say that we don't have to pound people with this, 
right? Like a lot of people think, oh, to share my faith, I have to be like this obnoxious person that just, you know, really gets under people's skin and, you know, strong arms them into like believing what I believe. But truly, you know, I, I want you to share in reality what it looks like for people to, you know, the Bible says that they will see our good works and they will praise and glorify our father in heaven. So I want you to talk about the surgery that you've told me about that would normally take maybe a couple hours, maybe more than that, actually, mm -hmm. um, by a group of physicians um, that do, do what you do. There's not very many physicians that actually do the type of surgery you do in the U.S. You know, you're one of not very many. Um, and this surgery would typically take how long, Dr. Manny? Tell, tell us that story. You know what story I'm talking about. Yeah. So, you know, I actually, I didn't really, I didn't never have words to put to this, but, you know, I know you guys had a Lance Wall now who's amazing. And I got this from him, which is covert versus overt. And so mm -hmm. I believe God had me going in as covert. And I do these surgeries, which is to remove large kidney stones greater than two centimeters. doing something so tremendous until you take a step back and you reflect and go, wow, this is tremendous. So I would have a colleague that would ask me and he would put his hands on his, his head and say, gosh, how do you do it? In fact, he asked me, can you wear a GoPro so I can see what you're doing? And he would ask me and I said, I, I don't know. In fact, I want to wear a GoPro because I want to see what's going on here. Yeah. I believe that it's literally the hands of God working through my hands so that I can actually see what is God doing in this situation. And so finally, one day I said, um, it dawned on me and I said, oh, I got it. I understand how I do. It. And he said, how do you do it? And I said, I use the 530 instrument. Do they give you the 530 instrument? And he looks intent. No. What is that? What is that? I want to use that. And I said, well, let me tell you what that is. It's where you get up at five o'clock in the morning and you spend 30 minutes with Jesus. And he looked, and this is somebody who said, and he goes to church. He said, I got it. Now I understand. And that was a testimony to say, to show people the grace of God and the, and, and the favor. And it was not just him. You know, I tell people all the time, if you want to get to know what surgeon to go to when you have to have surgery, ask the nurses and the circulating nurses that work with that surgeon in the operating room. They are the truth tellers. Okay. They will tell you the truth because they say several and they will be able to tell you the truth. And they are just absolutely amazed at times. Um, another thing in my operating room, we listen to Christian music and it's not that I force it, but you know, you work hard for many years, you get to be the boss in certain areas and I'm the yeah. boss in that room and I get to choose. And I, if we have to replace you with somebody, if that offends you, then so be it, but I'm not going to compromise. There are times where I will not compromise, but when you have results like that and you treat people well and you treat them 
uh, with honor and dignity. Rarely, I've only had, in all the years that I've been doing it, I've only had one that said he wanted to step away. And I was fine with that. Everybody else, actually, to the contrary, says, man, when I come in this room, there's just something about it. They all want to be in that same room. And it's not because of me. It's because of who's in me. And they know there's light. They know there's salt. They know that there's a a peace about it. And that's where they want to be. Yeah. So let's let's jump into just this whole thing that we're doing with Don't Mess With Our Kids, because I know as a urologist, I imagine that maybe people have even knocked on your door for some surgeries. I don't know. Or if you've been invited to do that, what that's looked like for you. But I know that this is something that you've probably dove into a little bit further than Jenny and I have. And so we just want to hear from you on that subject. Like what, what are your thoughts on transgender surgery? What are, what is, how medically does that affect people? So I was thinking about this today and this is something that popped up. This is how God sets you up. There's those, those sovereign beginnings. There's no accident. I was born in the city that I was born in to the parents that I was born to in the state doing what I'm doing. And let me explain that a little bit deeper. I know at one point, a town called Trinidad, Colorado, about 70 miles south in the late 70s and 80s was known as the sex change capital of the US. Wow. There was a plastic surgeon who was doing these surgeries back in the late 70s and early 80s. And we, we all knew about it. Yeah, at that time, I was seven, eight, maybe 10 years old. And I was, this, this isn't anything new. This transgender surgeries I've known about before I was a surgeon, before I was saved, I was just a young boy and knew that those were going on. And it's just crazy how I was already aware of that. So it didn't surprise me um, when, when all this started coming about. From a professional standpoint, it must have been 2017, uh, somewhere in that time frame, where they came to us as, as a group as surgeons, as urologists, to see if we would uh, do those surgeries or be a part. And you know, everybody in our group is 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 amazing doctors that I work and with. And let me go ahead and just stop right here. Let's just I'm gonna try not to get you off track. I just want to stop right here, just in case people don't know what we're talking about. Okay. Maybe this is the first time people have really heard transgender surgery, but what does that actually mean? Mm-hmm. Do we just want to like just call just just call this out for what it is? Because I don't. I actually just had a thought. There are some people that don't know what we're talking about right now. Okay. What is Dr. Manny define this? What is a transgender surgery? What are you talking about? So transgender surgery is where physical. So the genitalia from a male is then transferred into being a female, and vice versa a female into a male. And so it's allowing us to be able to utilize uh, medical technology and surgical techniques to be able to do that. Um, and so what it, for, so, so for going from a male to a female, we are using the male genitalia and using that to be able to make, uh, you know, you, you use the penis and you use that to make a vagina and that same tissue um is being used to be able to do that and then obviously females they get mastectomies they get their breasts removed they get on hormone therapy to be able to deepen their voice get the secondary character male characteristics such as facial hair 
uh, body hair, those kinds of things. And so it's drastic. You're literally taking the physical body and taking that gender and turning it into the other gender. Okay. And let's just stick with some science here. If a female cuts off her breasts and then transitions her genitals, if we get a single hair and, or a skin cell, can't we find out whether she's male or female apart uh, from genitalia? Absolutely. Okay. I mean, there's, there's only, I mean, if you really look at it, there's only two sexes out there. There's some rare diseases that will allow for, so, so, so basically what you can do is you can have a hermaphrodite. Those are extremely rare. Um, only, only case studies, which means just individual cases. Those are so extremely rare where you would actually have the cells or you would have the genetic material of a male and a female at the same time. And so those are extremely, extremely rare. And so when you're talking about that, this is not a genetic issue. It's more because when you're a male and you're a female, you already have the genetic makeup to get you that direction. It's Independent the X, of what the mind the XY, thinks. The physical, right? Absolutely. So you have two X chromosomes, you're going to be a female. You have an X and a Y, you're going to be a male. The Y has the chromosome makeup for it to be a male. The X so, is for female. Okay. So a woman who cuts her breasts off is a breastless woman. Correct. That's what we have. Okay. So explain to us. I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying I, I actually want educated on this. What is happening when you said that they're, you, they take the genitalia of a male or female and they transition it to the opposite in order to engage in sexual activity in a different way. Is that correct? The point here. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. So I, I, I know that it was a while back I interrupted you. So if you want to go back to that thought or just pick up from here, I just want to make sure everybody understood exactly what we were talking about because when, when uh, are these surgeries invasive? Are they extreme? Is it like, you know, getting a cavity filled? Like what kind of, what kind of medical um, intensity is involved here? So yes, it's very, it's dramatic. And so even just as a urologist, it's not something you want to just go to who has general, general urology background. There's actually female reconstruction and reconstructive surgery fellowships that people will do. And that's just basically being able to construct, reconstruct the, the genitalia, the, they're not just used for that. That's for people who say they leak urine different reasons, but they're special trained in that. And they're generally along with plastic surgeons. So in general, most of them are multidisciplinary teams that they'll have on board because obviously you're taking one gender and turning it into another gender. So there's a lot of different things that you have to deal with. So when you take somebody who you're using it, not only as a sex organ in the male, it's used as a sex organ, but it's also used as a urinary organ to be able to, that same path is used not only for intercourse, but it's also used in order to be able to, to empty the bladder and for you to be able to have the urinary system that's necessary and vice versa for the female. So they're very invasive surgeries. They're not just something light. And these people who just go to anybody, um, I don't know what their outcomes are, but they can't be very good. You got it. These are centers that are organized that have multidisciplinary 
uh, surgeons on board. It's just not somewhere you just go and down the street and say my local hospital or, you know, the town next door. It's something that these that you needs to be done that way in, it, wow. for these people. Yeah. Okay, so tell us about the dangers, the safety, the like. Talk to us about that part of it because. Um, you know, there could be parents listening. There could be grandparents listening. There could be people listening who think, what's, what's the big deal? People get augmented breasts all the time. Like if, you know, if you want bigger boobs, get bigger <laughs> boobs. Like if you want, you know, they, they just think it's just a add on or a subtraction feature or whatever. Um, so yeah, talk, talk to us about, about what have, have you, have you done some research and found out what's happening in real life cases to people, to their bodies? Yeah. So, you know, when I was just telling Shauna um, when we were off off the camera that I was really pleasantly surprised when I went to go do the research. The American Academy of Pediatrics has a lot of information in there and they're actually against it. And that to me was wow. pleasantly a surprise because the medical establishment is part of every other establishment, in my opinion. And so for them to come out and be strong on their website to have articles along with some other, re you know, anytime you read an article, there's always citations. So you go and look at those citations and they have extreme amount of information on that with scientific background. So I invite anybody who's listening to this podcast, go there. If you're a parent or you have a brother or sister that's maybe a little bit younger than you that's dealing with these issues, go there. There's a lot of good information there. And so basically what they're showing is how the transgender intervention is harming the children. And that's actually one of the titles that they have. It's Transgender Interventions Harms Children. And their title is No Evidence That Transgender Interventions Are Safe for Children. In fact, mm -hmm. they say this is experimental and they don't advocate it, which is really, really good for an academy to be able to do that, especially for the kids. And what that's telling me is, is that we're having an impact. And yeah. we're meaning parents. We're saying, no, not on our watch. You've drawn the line. You're messing with our kids. You're messing with the next generation. I may have been quiet on a certain things, but on this issue, I am not having my mouth silenced. I am not having my voice taken away. I'm going to stand up because if I don't, there will not be another generation. Mm. So I want to help you, Dr. Manny, just get, get back to where you were a minute ago, because I think you were going to get somewhere important because you were talking about how you felt like it was very purposeful that you were born in Colorado. And you knew as a young boy that these surgeries were happening and then you were kind of, you were going somewhere with that. And I, I'm curious, was that John Money? Uh, no, I was trying to remember okay. the doctor's name for the life of me. Okay. <clears throat> and I'm trying I'm to, if to it comes to me during the podcast, I'll, I'll mention it. But okay. yeah, so, you know, it was pretty interesting at that time that it wasn't, you know, in the media, it wasn't anywhere else, but we were hearing about it because it was so close to us. And I think a lot of times we don't realize what's important because it's so far away, but yet it's in our backyard. And I think that's what has happened. That's what happened to me when I was a kid. I was able to know that those things were going on. So when this started coming up with kids, you know, the things that I heard about then were primarily over 18. They were adults. Now they've taken it to the point where, okay, let's do the same to kids. And in my wow. opinion, that's mutilating the kids. It's putting them up and taking advantage of a vulnerable time in their life. Are they including 
the hormone therapy as also unsafe? Is that part of it? Yes. So if you look at the puberty blockers, they cause a lot of depression, emotional disturbances. So in fact, I'm pretty familiar with one of them, which is Lupron. And that's basically one that takes and what is given to the young boys. And what they do is it's it's a blocker. It doesn't allow for testosterone to be uh, produced. And then they, it basically increases their estrogen levels. And so that is a terrible drug. Even some of the guys that, that get it for prostate cancer, they're, they're miserable. They're mentally just really disturbed in the sense that they have their concentration is decreased. They get really emotional and get very depressed. And that's exactly what they're talking about on here. And it says, in fact, it mentions on here that the packet insert for Lupron, the number one prescribed puberty block in America lists emotional instability as a side effect and warns prescribers to monitor for development of worsening or psychiatric symptoms during treatment. That's wow. in their insert of the medicine. Okay. So if let's say we have a 12-year-old boy who their parents, for whatever reason, are going to, they're going to let him take Lupron and he takes it for a couple years, maybe at age 15, 16, he comes to his senses and goes, wait a minute, I want to be a boy. I don't know what, what's going on here. So he stops taking it. Um, can his body just pick up where he left off? T tell me about about that. I mean, and, and, and I'm just using those ages as examples, but is there a point of no return or can you just like, never mind, I don't want to do this anymore and hop back in your <clears throat> No, gender. even with the hormone, even with the hormone, people need to understand and these kids and the parents of the kids need to understand that these temporary uh, things that they're getting from the medicine can be permanent. Even if you stop it, even if you try to go back and you say, oops, I made a mistake, I wanna go back. There is no guarantee. A lot of times these are permanent damage to them. And because part of it is because they're doing it at a time that is so critical and they don't, they're missing that window. You are literally messing with their hormones and there is a point where those will not come back. And so wow. even if I stop that, even in the men that I give this to for the prostate cancers, even, even when they stop, because they'll after three years, sometimes they stop, those symptoms don't go away. Even if their testosterone levels bump up a little bit, those symptoms can be permanent. Those side effects of those drugs can become permanent. And that's one of the things that they warn about is, is that they need to understand that these can be serious, permanent side effects. Lupron example, one of the ones that they talk about here is mood disorder, seizures, a cognitive impairment, osteoporosis, because you don't get the bone density that you need as a man because of the testosterone. It's one of the great things about testosterone, um, you maintain your bone density. And so, well, and isn't it true that your brain doesn't develop fully, even the part of your brain that makes decisions until, for males, it's 25 or 26 years old, and maybe about a little younger than that for women, but how in the world did we get to a place where we could let a child decide to transition their gender when they can't drive, <laughs> they can't rent a car, even if they have a driver's license until they're older. They can't do a lot of things until after 18 or even up until the age of 25. So do you have any thoughts around how, you know, we know it's a spirit because you can't even logic this. You can't even put your finger on it. 
but do you have any thoughts around why the medical community would say, sure, let's book this for you. Like, is it just they're under the spell? Like, help me out here. This is, this is so hard to fathom. Yeah. So obviously this is demonic, right? Working through people. And unfortunately there are some of the people that are in high ranking areas within the field and they have a lot of power and authority and a lot of clout and a lot of the things that they say are taken as truth rather than looked at, let's look into this. And so what happens is, is that a lot of times the children have a lot of emotional disturbances. They have a lot of mental issues and that's really what's causing them to have these gender ideas and that kind of thing. And so what happens is they're already contemplating something's going on. They're mentally disturbed. What they need is they need the loving care of the parents. They need outside help. They need mental help as well. Um, and so what happens is, is that you got this, these people that are talking in the industry, the transgender industry that are telling them, you know, you see this all the time telling the parents, well, what would you rather have a, a live son or a dead daughter? Yeah. And so there, I mean, if you don't know what you don't know, you don't know. And so for the lack of knowledge, my people shall perish. What you don't know could be the very thing that can take you or your child. And so they don't know. They just know, well, gosh, I don't want my, I don't want my son or my daughter to kill themselves. If they say they're going to kill themselves because they're the wrong sex. Well, then you know what? I, I, I would. And you might think, well, I would never think that. Well, deception is very deceiving. And yeah. so when they start getting under that deception, it's easy to start getting into that. Then you turn on the TV, then you turn on social media, and then you get the attention. These kids, a lot of times, are not getting the attention. So when they start talking about, oh, I'm coming out, all of a sudden they're getting this attention that they were wanting and needing it from a healthy source. And now they're getting it from an unhealthy source, but it's still fulfilling the need that they have, which is the attention. And so now you got this whole realm coming in. And what young teen doesn't experience that feeling of I'm sort of uncomfortable in my body of as course. they're going through puberty? That is so every normal, time, every so kid. natural. And <clears throat> even sort of like, who am I? What's my identity? What 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 part do I play in the world? <clears throat> like that is just all part of growing up. And so it's really going after children at such a vulnerable time. And it's, it's definitely important that thank you, Dr. Manny, for just educating people. Because I think that if we as parents just said that to our kids, you know, oh, honey, it's, it's totally normal that you're having some of these questions because of what I just said. But actually some of these drugs, what they would do is, yeah, they might suppress your testosterone, but they're also going to cause you to feel even worse than you do now, just mentally. And so it's, it's crazy that there's such manipulation that's happening with that whole live son, dead daughter thing. When the truth is a lot of the drugs actually are part of what's causing the, the suicidal yeah. things that are going on. And our friend, Aaron Lee, that, yeah. um, we are interviewing on this podcast. She said that her daughter who was invited to an after school program, art program, so she went to the art program, but there was a um, trans activist that came in yeah. and she asked the kids, they were 11 years old. Do you feel uncomfortable in your body or as things are changing? Like, raise your hand. If you feel a little bit awkward about it, raise your hand, you know? And then they said, um, do you know if you're attracted to boys or girls? And they weren't sure. Well, right. Because they're 11 and 12 years old. They're not attracted to boys and girls yet. So they said, that's okay. If you don't know, that's why you're called queer. 
So you're called queer when you don't know if you like boys or girls yet. So this is what you get to do. You get to be part of the LGBTQ community. And now you're the Q, you're the queer until you decide who you're attracted to. And so this is, this is craziness. This is craziness. It's hard to have professional words around this conversation because it's like, what is happening? You know, and these children feel, I mean, why wouldn't they believe us? Oh, I'm queer. Okay. Why wouldn't they believe that? They, at home, there's maybe not conversations happening. And in a minute here, when we have you pray, and we'll have to go to a second episode, Dr. Manny, um, because this is really good. But I want you to speak as a father to households that are listening right now. You know, you, you, you're, you're, coming here as a doctor and a pastor, but as a father, I think you tapped into something a moment ago when you said that the love and the attention they need, you know, they're, they're, they're going to get it from somewhere. And so maybe you could guide us into, um, the fathers of the house, the mothers of the house and what we can do because we're not helpless. You know, we're not helpless. We can love them. We can support them. We can say, like you said, Shauna, oh, that's totally normal that you feel awkward in your body. So did I at your age, you know? So anyway, what what else would you like to share with us, especially when it comes to the medical side of um, these transition surgeries and the hormone uh, replacement therapy? Yeah, I'm going to kind of start with this and then maybe we pick it up on this next episode, but I'm going to leave it with this. It's interesting that these people who are disturbed emotionally and mentally, what they're trying to say, the government, everybody else, the certain states are saying that they have the mental capacity to give consent to a surgery to be done. There is no other surgery. If a patient is incapacitated and not in their right mind, they by law cannot give consent to do a surgery And yet we're saying this is the only surgery in all of medicine that can Mm. be done and given consent by a person who happens to be a child that's mentally disturbed. Example, I have a guy the other day, this is, I know they're off subject, but I'm a urologist, so give me a little grace here. He, He stuck a foreign body into his penis, into the urethra. Obviously that's mental, right? I had to take him to the operating room. He could not consent for himself. It had to be by two physicians to say from a medical standpoint, this needed to be done for his health. We had to make the decision for him because his mental capacity could not do it. And yet we have these kids going to give consent to a mutilating surgery that is lifelong. It's a travesty. And anybody who is doing these is absolutely on the other side and is in the kingdom of darkness. And those are the people we have to reach. Their kids are there, but let us not forget, let us go into those deep areas. And I believe as a physician, I I believe it's my job and I take it as that to educate the other surgeons and the other people that if they're doing this, this is absolutely in the kingdom of darkness. And I need to shed some light with them and show them the love of Jesus. Because obviously, they're under the spell. Wow. That was powerful. And I had never thought about it that way. Wow. That's so interesting. That is so good. Would you speak as a father and then pray for, especially anybody on here that thinks, man, I have a daughter that wants to transition. I have a niece that wants to transition, or maybe even just somebody that, um, hasn't taken a stance on this. 
You yeah. know, they're just not sure. They're like, well, people get Botox, they get nose jobs. Like, what's the big deal here? <laughs> like, I, I think we need to pray for for people, especially those people who call themselves a Christian, you know, that they need to stand on the side of truth in this matter to protect and defend our children. Absolutely. You know, my heart is is the father's. As you know, in the Bible, God didn't go looking for Eve. He went looking for Adam. And he said, you're the responsibility. And we carry that. And there's a lot of weight. Yes, that's why you need Jesus in your life to be the father and be the husband and be the man that God has called you to be in order to be engaged. The key word being engaged in your children's lives, that doesn't mean just being present physically. That means I'm understanding what are they watching? What are they doing? What's what's happening at school? Looking at their body language. And you only get that when you have a relationship with your child to say, wait a minute, that's a little off. And I and and let's and not feel bad or intrusive that I'm going to ask an what people would say is an intrusive question yeah. into my child's life. You know, I I love my son, but sometimes he'll say, "Well, Dad, you," I say, "I'm going to get your phone. I'm going to see what you've been looking at." He's like, "But that's my phone and this and that." I'm like, "Ah, I'm your father. You're 15. I own that phone. I have every right to do it, and I'm going to go ahead and do that." And at that point, you have to be that way. That's the most loving thing I can tell my son right now. And it's important for him and my daughter to understand that. She's going to marry what she sees, and he's going to be the husband that he sees at home. And so it's so important to be engaged in your children's lives. I took my daughter to go get her nails done on Saturday, and I said, hey, I said, dads don't do this. It's not in the dad book to do this with daughters, just joking with her. And she goes... There is no dad book. I said, oh, yes, there is. It's called the Bible. And she said, oh, you're right, dad. And so we need to be engaged in our children's lives. The most important time is a very vulnerable time is when they're going through this time because they're trying to figure out everything. Their little brains are gone. Their hormones are gone. Their bodies are changing. They need the fathers to be engaged. 10 to even 20s, 22, even when they're far off. Dads and mothers are so important, so important. And I think when they see that blend of a father present who loves his wife and the moms who say, uh-uh, you're not messing with our kids, that is powerful. And I believe that's what the devil doesn't want because he knows that that is the most powerful thing. And he's coming after our families. We need to stand up, not our family. Absolutely not. It was the very first thing created. And that's the one thing he's trying to take down. And I'm going to tell you in the Jesus name, we are standing up. And as fathers, we need to stand up and say, uh-uh, don't mess with our kids. And we need to follow along, y'all women, and do the same thing. And united, we will conquer. And together as one, we will move forward. And we will dismantle all of the deception of the demonic and the, what this enemy is trying to do. And what he's trying to do, I believe, God's going to work it to our good. And you're going to see some things change, not only in the government, but you're going to see it in the education system. We need to rise up people to get into those areas and speak the truth, love and truth, both together. In Jesus' name. That is so powerful. Do you have any other questions? Should we go to the second episode? Yeah, I think we better. <laughs> okay, because so I have more questions good. on the tip of my tongue, and my I'm, I'm thinking it's going to go right into some more incredible things. Thank you so much, Dr. Manny, for being here. I appreciate you coming in for a second episode because we have some important conversations to have specifically around these surgeries, these um, different hormone therapies, and really to protect and educate 
our children and the families. So thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you greatly. Thank you. Okay. So I'm going to give you just a couple steps here. Thank you so much for joining us. Listen, every single Monday, you can come on with us live at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, and we will meet you, and we'll even have a Q&A at the end of the session, but we want to share this whole vision of this grassroots movement. You can go to don'tmesswithourkids.us slash live, and if you can't catch us live, then you can go to that same link, and there's a replay button right there for you 24-7. You can watch the replay. All right, don't forget, on your calendar, April 13th, 2024, at your state capitals. And then in the fall of 2024, we are calling 1 million women and their families to pray fast and stand with us in Washington, D.C. This is so incredibly exciting, but it's also critical for the hour we're in. We can't delay. We need to pray. We need to fast. And we need to stand in this hour. I'm not sure America is going to do well if we just sit back and bury our heads in the sand. I don't see our nation making it without the church stepping in right now, Shauna. This is our hour to pray fast and stand. We're also going to be inviting thousands of women into what we're calling the Esther Immersion. And we don't want to just show up in Washington, D.C. in number. We also want to show up in strength. And so we're going to be doing some guided prayer, basically the concept of Esther going through those beauty treatments for a year, but we're calling the army of Esther's together. And you'll see more of that in the show notes. So stay tuned for more and we'll see you next time.